Copy, shift boss. I got radio check. Yeah, radio is working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. The chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitcher up there. Thanks, mate. morning folk and uh, welcome to Life of Mine, Matty Michael here, your not financial advisor, bringing you the second instalment of the finance series, uh, this episode is on superannuation. Now before getting into it, I hope you've hope all enjoyed the shares episode by the way, hope you hope you haven't bought any speculative stocks and wasted any money and yeah, please, please, please follow the advice if you're looking to get into it. Uh, there's been some good reports. Plenty of people got some stuff out of it. Good to hear. Anyway, before we get into the superannuation stuff, I've just I've got to do a shout out to the uh, What You Got There boys at Lady Loretta. I think I pronounced it right. Apparently the uh, apparently the crew's getting getting behind it in North Queensland. Uh, there's even even been reports uh, on the radio. There's been a few calls that. Uh, of uh, the old, uh, yeah, stitcher up then. Thanks, mate. Thanks for getting behind it, uh, Lady Loretta folk. Much appreciated. Love, love your work. Right, let's get into uh, get into superannuation. So first, I'll have to go through my disclaimer statement. Uh, so no dickhead sues me. So firstly, these finance episodes do not constitute financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a jumbo operator trying to be Joe Rogan. And this is general information only, and the info I provide should not be taken as professional advice. So everyone's circumstances are unique, and you should seek independent financial advice and taxation advice as well from a qualified person. So, yes, thank you very much for that. Now, into superannuation. Now, the first questions I want to ask... Have a, have a think of this. Now, how many people out there are in the following one or more of these situations? You, you either think super's just a waste of time, you, you don't even know where your super is, or you have super in two or more different funds, locations that you've had from numerous different jobs. Now, I know I was like that before I read the, read the financial literature, such as the Barefoot Investor, uh, didn't really give a give a bloody hoot about super and i know there's a lot of people out there that are, that are the same so now i guess the what we're trying to drive home in this episode is that super if, if it's dealt with properly it's the biggest tax dodge you will find the biggest legal tax dodge so now it's a it's a really complicated machine now as i said you've really got to seek professional advice about superannuation when you're taking it out and and everything it's um because it can result in you paying heavy penalties and top tax rates if you take your super out early and take too much or contribute too much in in one year so there's a lot of there's a lot of rules behind it which I'm going to share with you today and and I'm only even scratching the surface in this episode so first bit I want to go over is if you don't know where your super is or you got it in numerous locations it's as simple as this go to your mygov that you would have set up for your tax returns and stuff like that uh, through the ATO portion of MyGov, you can go to find lost super, consolidate super. You can do it all through there. And if you don't uh, have dramas with that, ring your actual super fund provider and say you want to consolidate all your super. It's a, it's as easy as that. First step: get your super all together. Now accessing your super everyone asks how old do you have to be to access your super so you can either access your super when you reach your preservation age 
which is currently between 55 and 60. Uh, so if you were born after 1965, uh, your pre- preservation age is 60. I think 1964 is 59, 63 is 58, etc., etc. And you have to fully retire. So you can be 60, fully retired, then you can get your super uh, as a uh, income stream or a lump sum. Lump sums attract taxes. I'll, we'll go into that later. Uh, you can get your super if you're older than 65 and you can still be working. So... Uh, and you can also get an income stream while you're still working and it's called a transition to retirement income stream so if you're approaching your retirement you can actually start working less hours but get bits out of your super and maintain the same wage so there's they're your main options so essentially either when you're 60 and you're fully retired or you once you reach 65 you can get your super and you can still work if you want now fees super fees now this is again this is a something that people wouldn't even wouldn't even consider something i didn't even consider back in the day so the main fees you'll pay in your superannuation you'll pay management fees and investment fees so your management or which is essentially your administration fee that's you just just to run your pretty much run your account so the main two examples i'm going to use today for the main super funds i'm going to talk about are host plus and australian super so they're your industry super funds which are essentially your cheapest um so host plus your management fee is a dollar 50 a week so 78 dollars a year and australian super is 120 bucks a year or two dollars 25 a week so essentially essentially not much now the investment fee now the investment fee is the one where you the one that you can control and that's the one where you can in over over a 30 year period you can significantly alter how much super you retire with based on your choice of investment within your super and trying to get this investment fee lower now before i go into this i'll tell you the there's an infamous uh, warren buffett story now warren buffett is an old us bastard that's a he's a legendary investor so in for mining related the best way to explain him so buffett to investing is like stanco is to air legging so that should put it into context for the mining people so this buffett character he bet a bloke in america a million bucks and the bet was he said that if you could stash your money in a boring index fund that just tracked the S&P 500, so S&P 500 is America's equivalent to our ASX 200, top 500 stocks in America, and he says you could just chuck a million bucks in that, track that index, and that would outperform any of the fancy stock-picking hedge funds over a 10-year period. And this bloke took the bet, and he could choose the funds to invest the money in. And Buffett ab- absolutely smashed him. The, the hedge funds started winning uh, in the early years, but then they got absolutely smoked. So uh, Buffett's investment, he added 125%, and the hedge funds only added 36 So the, his key argument was the whole one of the main basis of this bet was saying that the high fees of the 
fancy hedge funds would over the long term chew up a good chunk of the investment returns in comparison to the low fee index funds, the boring, the boring low fee ones. So this leads into why we, you should choose the lowest fee option possible when you're choosing your investment choice within your super. So, and that's because the investment fee, whereas uh, as we said, the management fee, admin fee is just a fixed, fixed fee a year, pretty small, but the investment fee is actually charged against the full balance of your super. So when you're nearing retirement, you've got, you're, say you've got a million bucks in there, an extra 1% in investment fee is worth 10 grand in fees a year. So uh, another big one that you'll always hear as well is that past returns are not an indication of future returns. So if there's a bloody hedge fund or some uh, fancy super fund that's trying to sell you their, uh, bring, get you to bring your super to them and saying their fund went up 20% last year, that doesn't mean they're going to go up 20% every year. They could go down 20% the following year and you'll, you'll be back where you started. So to reiterate this, as I previously explained, so let's just do an example. You've got half a million bucks in your super and you're 55 and you're trying to get as much in there before you retire. Now, an extra 1% in investment fee means you're forking out 5,000 bucks a year for nothing. So now, in specifically related to the mining industry, situations that uh, miners might find themselves in is where where you're paying big fees and you don't know it is when you actually sign up to an employer and you just tick the um get them to put your super into their designated fund now usually in some cases as i said this is all general info it's not saying every situation is like this but in some cases when you're with that fund provided by the employer they'll have a deal where it'll be a discounted investment fee for your super now when you leave that employer and if you stayed with that super provider, you, that investment discount won't apply anymore, and you'll be paying a shitload of uh, fees for that for that for that day on once you snatch it. So, um, yeah, you won't be eligible for that fee. So that's um, something you got to look at. And now examples of fees for the the standard industry super funds, your host plus and your Australian super, we're going to look at. Now, for the Host Plus balanced fund, now, if you sign up to Host Plus, they'll automatically put you as a default in the Host Plus balanced fund. The investment fee for that fund is 0.71%. But if you go to the Host Plus indexed balanced fund, now, the indexed balanced fund is your balanced fund invests in a bit of property and infrastructure and stuff like that, whereas your Host Plus Plus balanced index fund just invests in Aussie shares, international shares, and some boring fixed in interest in cash. So it's a bit, it's a bit simpler. And that investment fee is 0.02%. So absolutely bugger all. So as I said, host plus balance fund, 0.71%. Index balance, 0.02%. Now for Australian super, same thing. Default one is the Australian super balanced. That's 0.66% investment fee. Whereas if you go to the Australian Super Indexed Diversified Fund, that's 0.16%. So there's, there's, if it has that word indexed in it, obviously check with, your, check with your super, but the index, the name index means it's usually the bloody cheap one. So now, on, now that's, these are with the industry ones. So you can be with the, 
the fancy hedge funds and you could be paying in excess of 1% investment fee annually. So now I'm going to go through an example here of how an extra 1% in investment fee can affect your final super balance. And as I say, a lot of people probably just don't even give a flying fuck about their super. And I, I know I didn't until I sort of got educated on this. And now it's there's a the smallest things you can do can make a massive difference. And this will show you how. So now let's just say you've got two miners. They're approaching... The final years of their career and they plan to smash as much money into their super over the next 20 years so they can get they want to get um 1.6 million dollars into their super so 1.6 million is the maximum you can have in your superannuation so now they're both 40 and contributing currently uh 15 grand a year in super their employer is contributing 15 grand a year and their super balance is currently 250 grand so both in sim- same situations now let's assume an average return of seven percent a year for both miners now but one miner one of them's with a fancy super fund that promises the private bloody equity world and uh promises and they they charge a 1.2 percent investment fee and the other miner the other miners with the Australian Super in the Index Diversified Fund, and he's just paying 0.16% investment fee. So it's roughly 1% difference. So after 20 years, when, when these guys get to 60, when they get to their um, their age when they can get their Super, uh, the fancy Super Fund miner, he'll end up with 1.38 million. Not bad, not bad. But the boring miner... With the he that just went with the bore and low fee industry fund, he got to his 1.6 million. So that's a just by just by being strategic in that investment fee can attribute to whether you actually get to your 1.6 million cap or you fall short and you might have to you might have to end up working for another three or four years to actually get to that um, 1.6 million you were chasing. So there's a one percent might just sound like absolutely bugger all but the power of the compounding of your investment over such a long period it does add up to add up to a lot of hours of required extra work and a lot of money to actually get to that uh, 1.6 mil anyway next bit i want to talk about is uh if you want to put extra money into your super oh you you would have that tell you what reading about super all day it drives you to drink i don't know how blokes would do this for a living i would absolutely flip me lid this is uh oh yes i'm I'm completely fried anyway now if you're wanting to put extra money into your super and now this is this is how you can really get ahead if your super balance is pretty low and you're sort of starting late so there's two ways to put extra money into your super and they're split up into concessional contributions and non-concessional contributions. So concessional contributions, uh, your, com- your compulsory employer 9.5% con- contribution, that, that's classed as a concessional contribution. But you can also get additional payments from your employer. Uh, but the main one is uh, via salary sacrificing. So now concessional contributions are taxed at... 15% when they're received by the super fund. So when your employer puts your super, your 9.5% into the fund, they the government takes 15% tax. 
so as as you, as you do, as the government does so now you can contribute a maximum of 25 grand a year into your into your super without attracting any extra tax so you can put 25 grand a year in and that'll get taxed at 15%. So you can what you can do you can ask your employer your payroll or your super provider to get a form that uh, a salary sacrifice form and you tell your employer how much of your wage you want a salary sacrifice and put into your super. So and what what we mean by salary sacrifice most people know what this is but if you don't it's money that gets taken out of your gross income and it doesn't get uh, you don't get taxed on it essentially. So the benefit is so you say if you get ten grand gross for the month and you contribute a thousand to your super, you only get taxed on nine thousand. So you can salary sacrifice and can actually drop you down a tax bracket and you can essentially if you're paying forty five percent marginal tax rate on that portion, you can salary sacrifice that portion and save yourself a shitload of tax. So there's a bit of a double whammy. You save tax by putting it in your super and getting the uh getting the compounding machine going and you also save um paying as much payg tax on your uh income so that's uh that's the main the main way for uh concessional contributions voluntary so now i'll go through an example of the benefit of this so let's say you got two miners, they're age 35, they've both currently got 100 grand in super in their funds, and on average their employer is going to contribute 10 grand a year from here on in. So that means they're on 95 grand a year and they're getting 10 grand put into their super. Now, one of the miners, he or she wants to salary sacrifice 100 bucks a week to top up his uh, annual super contribution to 15 grand. So when these miners are eligible for their super at 60 and assuming let's assume an average annual return of seven percent the miner who didn't salary sacrifice and just got his got their 10 grand put in each each year they'll end up with 1.22 million so 380 grand short of their 1.6 million cap but the miner who salary sacrificed a couple hundred bucks each fortnight they'll end up with 1.56 mil. So pretty much bang on their 1.6 million cap. So for a couple hundred bucks each pay, you can retire with an extra 300 grand a year. So the miner the minor that didn't salary sacrifice will have to work an extra three and a half to four years to reach that $1.6 million cap. So that, this doesn't take into account inflation, obviously. This is in just today's dollars. So, but it's a general general example the the time still applies so that's the uh again that's the power of that compounding machine if you can get the money in there early now the other way to make contributions to your super is uh non-concessional contributions and their contributions are made after tax so these they're they're not taxed within your super fund so as i said any uh, contribution that goes in your super fund a concessional one gets taxed at 15 percent but if you put a non-concessional contribution in that doesn't get taxed because essentially you you're putting your after-tax money into your super so you can put a maximum of 100 grand a year into your super as a non-concessional contribution without being taxed if you exceed there's other rules you can if you're less than 60 or something you can bring forward two years and put 300 in that's a whole yeah whole different beast but the simple one is you can put 100 grand a year in without 
being taxed within your fund. So that's your summary on concessional and non-concessional contributions, way to put extra money in. So concessional, your best best way or your main way is salary, salary sacrificing and non-concessional is 100 grand. So And the cap on uh, your concessional contributions, when I said 25 grand a year, that includes what your employers put in. So if you're, if you're on... An, uh, 150 grand a year and you're getting let's just even number you're getting 15 grand a year put in by your employer you can only put an extra 10 grand in so you can put more in but you'll get taxed at the top tax rate so um yeah 25 grand cap is inclusive of what your employer puts in okay so that's a uh, that's pretty much should cover additional contributions now when i was talking about tax that uh, the 15% tax you get on the concessional contributions, you also get taxed on your investment earnings within your super fund. So this is, and this will explain, because I know I got my super statement and I'm looking at these government taxes. I'm like, what the hell, I'm bloody, why, why am I getting taxed within my super fund? This is bullshit. So you get taxed on the way in, 15%. Now, you also get taxed on your investment earnings. So each, each year, you, so you'll, whatever you're invested in, you'll get a profit or maybe you might even get a loss some years, but uh, usually you'll get a, get a profit and you'll be taxed on that. So you'll be taxed on those investment earnings at a maximum rate of 15%. So this, this can be reduced depending on your investment choice due to the, uh, if you say so if you're in dividend yielding investments that have franking credits, uh, that'll reduce the tax paid because those franking credits of tax has already been paid by the company. Which is if you if you don't understand franking credits and you want a real uh, uh, the miners explanation of it, go back to the shares episode. I spoke about it in that previous episode. So for example, if you were in the um, Australian Super or the Host Plus indexed investment option. And that has an import has a portion that invests in Australian shares. You'll receive some of the franking credits within those Australian shares, and you won't get taxed the full fifteen percent. So now a lot of people always ask about insurance within your super funds. So there's three main insurances you can usually get, and that's you got you got your life insurance, which is commonly known as death cover, and which is where your beneficiaries receive a lump sum when you die or an income stream there's tpd which is total and permanent disability and that pays you a benefit if you become seriously disabled and unlikely to ever work again and there's income protection now this is the one everyone people usually ask about income protection pays you an income stream for a specific period if you can't work due to a temporary disability or an illness um and a temporary disability is a, an injury as well is included in that now there's you depending on your super provider uh you can get these insurances through your superannuation so there's you there's options to get it pay for it yourself or you can actually pay for it within your super um now doing this it's it's i guess the this is the, I guess it's the common misconception. You think, oh, I'm paying for it out of my super, so I oh, don't really worry about it. You don't, you don't pay as, give it the attention it deserves. But every every bit of money you use to pay for insurance within your super 
is a bit of money that's not getting investment returns and it's taken it off your off your principal to as i said get that compound machine running and get you to that 1.6 million dollar cap that you want to get to by 60 or 65 so the biggest things you want to consider in this is your premium that you're going to pay when you say your premium that's just your annual fee monthly fee that you pay for these insurances so i'll just talk about income protection specifically now i've looked at australian super and i've got some quotes through them and and this is the same with health insurance as well. It's ways you got to look at it decreasing your premium because let's let's be honest. You don't want to live your life hoping that you're going to use income protection. It's there as a real last resort. You don't you don't want to live your life based on oh yeah I'm probably gonna I've got income protection behind me so who cares if I hurt myself or I can't work. That's uh you can if you live your life like that you're going to waste too much bloody money on it. So. The ways to decrease your premium, or the uh, inversely, the ways that your premium increase. So there's your waiting period. So um, your waiting period is the period from when you stop work to when you can receive your income protection. So just by changing your waiting period from 30 days to 60 60 days will essentially double your premium. So if you if you increase from 30 days to 60 days saying that you have to wait two months for your first payment of income protection you can essentially halve your premium and there's the also the the length uh, that the protection applies for so in these of in these quotes i've just looked at two years and five years and that makes a big difference as well i'll go through the actual numbers and so currently i i personally pay 300 bucks a year and that gives me 10 grand a month protection for two years on a 60 day waiting period so that was the cheapest with them it's 297 so that's a, as i said income protection of ten thousand dollars a month over a two-year period and i've got to wait 60 days to get it now if you reduce that waiting period to 30 days for a 10 grand a month over a two-year period that increases the premium from 297 a year to 620 a year so that doubles it just that waiting period now if you then go from two years to five years for a um for the actual payment period so five so a five-year payment period and a 60-day waiting period goes up to 813 a year and a five-year payment period with a 30-day waiting goes to 1210 a year so the difference between the lowest option which i'm on which is a two-year payment and a 60-day waiting and then a a five-year payment and a 30-day waiting period is nearly a thousand bucks a year and as i said that that thousand bucks over a well you think just a thousand bucks over 30 years is 30 grand but then that's doesn't take into account the investment returns that you get on that thousand bucks so that's uh, that's something you want to consider with income protection is the likelihood that you're actually going to use it, which is very low. But if you're going to use it, it's like, well, if you had it for two years, it's like, yeah, would you be, would you be have a job by then, essentially? I think it's like, well, if I'm bloody, if I can't work for two years or five years, I'm essentially stuffed anyway. So 
Um, then um, there's also, as I said, there's also life insurance and the total and permanent disability as well. So you can look, you can go onto the website to get quotes for those insurances as well. Uh, and as I said, really consider the premium that you pay versus the likelihood that you're going to use it. So that's uh, that's been a good a good speed session on uh, superannuation. So it's still bloody half an hour. So yeah, anyway, oh god, mate. As I said, I am just fried after reading all these uh, tax websites and and shit. This is uh, she's a whole new beast. This brain, side of the brain doesn't work for me. So overall, overall with superannuation. Well, as I said first, get your super in one spot. Go to your MyGov, get it all consolidated. Then you want to consider choosing the lowest fee investment option. That's the the low, the your investment fee is the one thing that you can control. You can't control what the stock market's going to do, but you can control the fee that you pay every year. So instead of giving these massive fees to these hedge funds, so blokes can go on their fancy dinners and drive fancy cars in the Sydney CBD, uh, make that choice and keep it in your own pocket because. Yeah, the the best well, the best performing super funds of uh, of last year was actually the host plus balanced super fund compared to all these other fancy hedge funds that are promoting uh, massive returns but charge a high investment fee. So that's uh, that's the big one. And as I said, if you're looking at host plus or Australian super or any other industry fund, look at the indexed indexed ones, the ones that just track the stock market track track the asx 200 because my, my my view on it is if companies are in the asx 200 they're big companies and they're in there for a reason it's because they're growing so if you're just simply tracking those companies you're going to perform well as i said the as i said in the previous episode the share market is a long-term investment growth powerhouse some years it'll go down but as i said superannuation is a long-term thing i'm i'm 32 so i've I've got nearly 30 years of super to go, so I'm in it for the long run. Okay, so now depending on your financial commitments and situation, uh, consider making additional concessional contributions via a salary sacrifice arrangement. So as we said, this will lower the tax you have to pay normally by dropping, possibly dropping you down a tax bracket, but more importantly, it puts a bit more diesel into that compounding machine. So the sooner you get your super balance up, the sooner you reap the benefits of compounding investment returns. And if you're looking at income protection or other forms of insurance, really consider the likelihood that you'll uh, use it against the premium amount that you'll pay. So remember, the higher the premium, the less money that you'll have in your super account to uh, keep that compound engine running. So hope that uh, hope that explains a bit of superannuation for you. And uh, I'm positive, I'm positive. There's some people out there listening to us, listening to this, saying, oh. Oh, I just didn't even think about that. And look, it's never too late to go and act on it. So, uh, yeah, get in and have a look on your internet. Sign up for the online accounts and uh, happy, happy superannuating. So, hope you have a great weekend, everyone. And remember, put your bloody super in the one account. Cheers. Cheers.